host, Sunday Lauren, and this is So Real Sundays, a podcast dedicated to truth. The truth that you are an infinite, immortal, eternal being, and you were never meant to be a corporate slave. The truth that all drug companies and conventional medicine don't want you to know, which is that you can heal yourself, quite literally. And the truth that we are all interconnected like tiny hairs on the arm of the universe. So what are we fighting about again? Stay tuned as we explore truth through freedom, healing, and unity, because it's so real on Sundays. Today's episode is titled, Things I Wish I Knew About Parenting Before Becoming a Parent. Number one, it is your duty to take care of yourself first. So when I used to work night shifts, I would work night shift and I would come home and I would wrestle with sleep for about four hours. I would be irritated. My kid would get off from school. They would get a diminished, irritated, exhausted version of me. I was always tired. Every time my kid needed help with basic things like homework, I felt irritated. That shouldn't be a point of arguing or irritation. Like if your child needs help with homework, that that should be basic. But because I was burning the candle at both ends, I was tired. I also didn't have any healthy self-care routines. It's very important for all parents to have healthy self-care routines and take care of themselves first before parenting. And I know that can be difficult, especially for single parents or parents with multiple kids and there's a lot of demands. You have to do whatever you have to do to take care of yourself first so that you can balance yourself and parenting in a healthy way. That's going to be best for your parenting journey. That's going to be best for you and your kid. Number two, your lack of self-care is being watched and emulated by your kids. Kids are very impressionable. They're like sponges. So if they see you being stressed out, working, coming home, just working over and over again, they don't ever see you sitting down to read a book or take care of yourself or they don't they don't know anything about, oh, well, this is 30 minutes. This is mommy's time. She's doing her thing. Like if you've never set boundaries with your kids for about your self-care routines or they've never seen you actually taking care of yourself as they grow up, they're going to emulate those those patterns. So when I was growing up, all I saw my mother do as a single mother was talk on the phone and smoke and be stressed out. So as I got older, and this is not me bashing her, this is this is my truth, this is how I grew up. And so as I got older, when I was stressed out, I started smoking. I, I started smoking at, at about, I mean, the first time was like eight <laughs> with my cousins, but we'll talk about that another time. But I started smoking cigarettes around like 12 or 13 or black and milds, not cigarettes. And that's because I had a lot of stress in middle school and whether I did it consciously or not, those are the things that I saw the adults around me do. So that's the first thing that I went for. So this is why it's really important for you to be emulating healthy self-care in front of your kids. Number three, if you're still in contact with your child's other parent, let them take the kids for the summer or the weekend. You need breaks and the other parent needs the opportunity to grow up. You could be stunning everybody's growth, including yours, by foregoing your own needs to micromanage your kids. This one's really important and this is one that I learned recently. As a single parent, me and my other parent 
we we're co-parenting, but it's been mainly on me. Now that's because of my need to micromanage and also between finances and location, you know, it's better for the child to be with me. But also a good amount of that was my need to control. Well, this parent may not be able to do this or may not know how to do that. Or, But the reality of statements like that is you don't learn how to do something until you do it. Now, this doesn't mean like throw your kids to the wolves if this if this other parent is completely incompetent that you should send your kid to them. No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is just like you had to learn how to be a parent, this other person, this other individual also deserves that grace, that opportunity to to become better. This person won't ever become better if they if they don't ever have an opportunity. If you keep holding on to the kids for dear life, trying to shield them or protect them or but everybody brings something different to the table. In my case, my kid and the other parent are very close emotionally. They have fun. They laugh. They joke. They play, right? I've always been the disciplinarian or the teacher or the the overall stricter, sterner parent. But that's not because I necessarily wanted to. That's because I felt like I had to. Now my kid is older and I'm in a really transitional period in my life and so I decided like it came to me from the universe from my spirit guides like yeah it's time for you to let this other parent take the reins your child will be okay you're blessed you have to have faith and believe that and there's always cell phones they can always call you or see you or whatever needs to be done but sometimes we hold the reins too tight and this is even for married couples like even in married dynamics we all know that sometimes one parent is doing more than the other that is not healthy this other parent needs to also step their game up and if you don't ever allow them or hold them to the standard to have to do that then they won't ever do it you know it doesn't benefit you or the kid there's also things that this parent was contracted to teach this kid that you can't whether you know that or believe that or not it's true Number four, sometimes your need for control over your kids is you parenting from a point of trauma. This one's really near and dear to my heart. It takes a very aware person to be able to recognize their points of trauma and how they affect their parenting. So in this case, if you're one of those parents that's a helicopter mom or a helicopter dad or you don't ever let your kids have friends over, you don't ever let them go over other people's houses, which is fine. I I am also in a similar boat. However, I recognize why I'm like that. And recognizing that is the first step in changing the pattern, but also being able to not parent from that point of trauma. So I was molested as a kid. And as a result, I'm very vigilant and hyper aware of my kid not going inside other people's houses. That's kind of my thing. And I'm not saying that they won't ever be able to go to a sleepover, but it was important for me for them not to go to sleepovers until they were much older. At some point, this is too much control, right? If your kid is 16 and <laughs> you know what I mean, they're... <laughs> They haven't ever gone to anybody's house or done anything. I mean, that's that's holding on too tightly. That's being afraid of the same thing happening. And honestly, fear begets more fear. And you don't want to do that because everything happens in the mind. And if you put that fear on your kid, like, oh, if I go anywhere, something bad could happen to me. Like they pick up on the, the fears that you say or don't say. So it's really important to kind of try to reevaluate like why you have the specific policies that you do and revise them. See, look over them and see, like ask 
ask yourself realistically, like, okay, does this feel like I'm holding on too tightly or and am I parenting from a place of unresolved trauma? These are questions that are important to ask yourself so that you don't continue to do that because it's not going to help you. The more you hold on to control with your kids when they turn 18 and they all will, every kid will grow up. They're going to be out here in the world on Front Street, but unfortunately for them, they will have not ever experienced the things in life that they should have experienced while they were under your care. Now they're going to be in life experiencing these things either walling out because you held on so quickly, so tightly, or they're going to be scared to branch out because they never had the opportunity. So just keep that in mind. Number five. Honesty is the best policy when coming to your kids. This is so important. And we're definitely also talking about the tough stuff. Now, if you're getting a divorce or something big like that, you want to go ahead and approach that and talk to them based on their age. You don't want to talk to a five-year-old the same way that you would tell that information to a 12-year-old. And also, you want to make sure that the timing is right. But be prepared either way for their response to whatever the honesty is. Because at every age, if it's something traumatic, if it's something that could be life-changing, I should say, it's going to have a reaction. And they're, they're allowed to react. They're allowed to cry. They're allowed to be angry. They're allowed to do all of those things. But the most important thing is that you're you're honest with them because the minute that your kids find out that you withheld something very important, when they find that out, they lose trust in you and you don't want that. So number six, this piggybacks off of number five. Do not hide important pieces of information from your kids. They will resent you when they find out the truth and all the really great parenting that you did, it'll be negated because they'll assume that their whole life was a lie. So by important pieces of information, I mean like telling them, you know, the real reason you don't let them go to sleepovers, um, that you're actually getting a divorce, daddy isn't on vacation, who their real parents are, or they're adopted. Like these are things that you obviously want to tell them in an age appropriate manner. But at some point, if the kid is grown and you still haven't told them the truth, this isn't to protect them anymore. This is to protect you. And you have to recognize that some not some, all things that are done in the darkness come to light. And I know that from both sides of the spectrum. I know that from hiding truths and then being revealed and I didn't have any control over that. And I know that from having truths hidden from me that were revealed and it really pissed me off as a kid. So you're going to have to have courage to tell the kids the truth, but it's going to be so important for your relationship. If you really want to have an honest, loving relationship with your kids and and recognize that they're going to grow up to be adults. So if you actually want to be able to garner a friendship, you're going to have to be able to tell them the truth. It's very important. What friendship is a friendship without truth? That includes your kids. They're going to grow up and be adults. So sometimes you got to swallow, you got to swallow your your pride, you got to swallow your fear and you you got to tell them the truth regardless of how you think they're going to take it, how you think they're going to make it make you feel like if they're going to be pissed, if you waited a long time, be honest when you tell them the truth. Tell them why it took you so long. Tell them tell them everything, like especially if they're in an adult age and this was something that you should have told them. It's, it's going to be very important for your future relationship. 
I'll use myself as an example. So recently, I've been co-parenting with my ex-partner and we broke up many months before this, maybe like six months before this, but my child was in the middle of a school year and I didn't want to disrupt her. And so we stayed together and in, in, the, in the same household and just didn't tell her. It finally became to a point where I needed to tell her some things had come up and I needed to tell her the truth. And when I did tell her the truth, she felt like I lied to her and I did. She was very blown and, and I'm sure she was very disappointed and more so shocked at my capabilities of lying to her is what it felt like. Like she, she felt like she couldn't believe that we had lied that whole time because she she couldn't tell the difference. This is what I'm talking about. So like, was that the end of the world for our relationship? No, of course not. Like, cause I told her, you know what I mean? I eventually told her and was honest and I told her why I didn't tell her. And when I told her why I didn't tell her, cause she was in the beginning of, of a school year, middle, middle school no less. So we all know the chaos of middle school as far as emotions. And so when I told her why I didn't tell her, she understood more. I, I told her, I was like, I didn't want to disrupt you in the middle of a school year. And so she came back maybe like a day later and she was really upset and she was unfocused in school. Like it, it, it really upset her. And she looked at me and she was like, I understand why you didn't tell me when it happened because I, I am distracted. So definitely want to tell your kids important pieces of information to make sure that you don't damage the relationship in the future because you want them to be able to come to you with the truth. And so if that's what you want from them, you have to do the same thing. Number seven, kids take everything, literally. So what do I mean? I think in a previous podcast, I talked about when my, when I was younger and my mother told me that when you when you have sex, you get pregnant. I believe that. Like, I believe that even after I knew it wasn't true. <laughs> like, seriously, I really believe that. Another example would be like, I remember I was really, really young and someone had told me that if you eat the watermelon seeds, you'll get pregnant or you'll have a baby. Like some, something will grow inside of you. And so I don't even remember who told me that, right? It could have been another kid. It could have been a cousin. Who knows? One afternoon, my mother doesn't even know this. One afternoon, and I was like seven, I had swallowed the watermelon seed on accident and I cried and bawled my eyes out. I remember debating like, should I tell her that I'm gonna have a baby? And then I was like, no, I'll just wait until until I'm about to have the baby and then I'll tell her like, seriously, like, and for months I've like waited, like, cause I didn't know how long you'd have, I didn't know how long it would take. And I remember being like really on edge, like, oh man, I swallowed that watermelon seed. So th this is what I mean by kids taking things literally. So you, that's a lot of power. Like adults, parents, you have a lot of power with your kids. Like, how do you want to use it? In the other case, you can use this to your advantage, right? When kids take things literally, you can tell them things like, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And that's the truth. That's honestly the truth. But they're so impressionable and pliable at that age and so it's really important to use your power for good and instilling your kids principles that will build them up instead of tear them down number eight always explain the punishment to your kids and make sure they actually understand what they're being punished for and why they are being punished this one's really important because for kids at any age and this is literally zero to 18 if you just scream and yell at your kid 
once you start yelling and screaming, they're already shutting down. They're already not listening to you. And if you're the type of parent that's still physically hitting your kid, they're definitely not listening to you. They're just bracing themselves and thinking about the future but whooping. Like half of them have no idea what they're really being punished for, which creates fear and anxiety in their mind. I realized this when recently, or within the last, I'd say like three to four years, I decided to stop beating my kid. And when I started doing other punishments, I just, something told me like, okay, ask her if she, if she knows why she's being punished. Like, do you know why you're being punished? And every time I've asked her that, the first response, not every time, because sometimes she knew, but sometimes, like at least half the time, she didn't really know why she was being punished. And so that doesn't help you. If, you, if, you're, if, you're, if your kid is on punishment, if you've taken away electronics or whatever you felt like you needed to do and they don't understand why they're being punished, then they're just building it up in their mind. Like, my life is horrible. My parent hates me. I don't do anything right. Like because of the negativity that's constantly around us from media and news and every other input in this life, they might think that, you know what I mean? You just don't like them or they can't ever do anything right. Like I've, I've noticed that with children, sometimes they lean more towards the negative and they lean more towards blaming themselves. And now, of course, if your kid is on punishment, yes, we want them to take responsibility for their actions, but we don't want them thinking I'm the worst person in the world and my parent hates me and I can't do everything right. That's not what you want. But if you don't take time to see if they understand why they're being punished and explain to you and explain to them, like really sit down and explain, this is what you did. This is the consequence. This is why I'm doing this as a consequence. Then up until that point, you don't know how they're assimilating that information. And that doesn't help you or your child. Thank you for tuning in to part one of Things I Wish I Knew About Parenting Before Becoming a Parent. It's so real on Sundays. As always, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Sunday, and this message was Lauren approved. Drop a comment. Let me know what you think. Follow me on YouTube or Instagram at So Real Sundays, and I'll see you next week because it's so real on Sundays.